Welcome to the Layman Filmmakers Conversation, the show that brings the ultra-low to no-budget filmmakers together. On the show, there will be discussions on your latest films, the struggles, the difficulties, and the experiences endured on the creative storytelling journey. Hello and welcome to the Layman Filmmakers Conversation, where we talk about everything low to no to micro budget films and filmmaking and to, on today's episode I'll be talking with a sound recordist who has many years of experience so the episode today will be very raw so barely edited because I just thought it'd be interesting to get all our thoughts on so there'll be a lot of ums and ahs and you know an in-depth discussion on sound recording in general not just on the micro budget but just in general because I, I think it's important that we you know get this out there for no budget filmmakers to understand the importance of sound recording so please enjoy this episode and hopefully you'll be able to listen through and get an understanding of how important sound is for your next no budget film or low budget film and i hope you do enjoy this episode with matt so thanks again and enjoy the episode so matt so obviously you've been a sound recordist for quite a while now i just want to you know have a chat with you about you know the layman filmmakers conversation is about you know beginner filmmakers coming on board you know they get you know they they're, they're willing to get going on you know buying a camera or whatever it is they want to do oh, i've got an idea i want to film something but on this episode, I'd like to talk to you about, you know, the importance of sound and sound recording and sound designing, even for those that are starting out and that have got a, a limited budget. So, you know, let's just kick it off by saying, you know, what in layman terms, why is sound design and sound recording so important, even on a no budget? So um, it actually pertains to it being this show being about kind of low, no budget is the sound pound per pound investment is uh, is the cheapest way to add production value. If you think about everything else on the film set, everything else is visually based as a, as a kind of broad term. If we were to separate when you are on the, like watching the film, you're watching, you're either actually watching something visual or you're hearing something. And so the two components uh, of obviously the sound side, are the sound design, and then obviously the score uh, and music. Um, and when you put into, if you were to break down any film, pretty much, you would find that although the classic cliche being a uh, sound is 50% the experience, uh, you will never see 50% uh, of the budget going into sound. So um, it doesn't matter what you shoot on. Uh, everyone's getting very used to the technology visually. And so actually sound design and obviously everyone can understand the importance of music uh, as a clear example. But for actual sound design, um, it also then amplifies any kind of visual um, kind of aspect that you're trying to show within the film. Um, think of trying to do uh, kind of, uh, I don't know, explosions or I don't know if you're filming a low budget war mm. movie. Are you going to spend some time designing stuff in the background to like make up the atmosphere of war? Or are you going to go and actually get real explosives and go through all that expense for not that much bang mm. for your buck? So 
the ability for sound to have an impact on everyone's film is absolutely massive. It's massively underrated, usually, or not known, um, mainly purely for the fact that sound people go do sound courses. They don't do film courses. When you think about people that go to film school, people that want to do film, i.e. just the visual medium, um, in any respect, TV, blah, 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 um, then they go do a film and TV course. But the people that are already interested in sound do sound courses. So there's already a divide at the start, and then there's not really that much... um, there's not really that much coverage of it in um, in kind of a university or like film school setting because actually it's similar to if they try to have a whole course on focus pulling. It's a bit like a theory in swimming. You kind of have to, especially for the location side, you kind of have to already know the problems that you want to solve and then solve them. And then that's the name of the right. game. And then with sound design, there is nowhere where you can find like a set sound for a door, a set sound for a, like you can, the the sky's the limit in terms of how you want your world yeah, to sound. Absolutely. So. I mean, yeah. that, that's so important. And, you know, this is um, a, a really important um, thing that a beginning fo- filmmakers need to understand because, you know, like we've all seen it and it still goes on to this day where, you know, they're more interested in the visuals and they really neglect um, the sound part. I mean, I was one of them when I first started out with filmmaking, you know, it's the whole, the famous fix it in post where you, especially sound, you cannot fix in post. And even if you do try it, I mean, you can back this, it becomes so expensive as well. It becomes from going from being a no budget to all your budget going towards, you know, going towards fixing everything, all the sound in, uh, in post. What do you see beginner filmmakers make when it comes to sound on set or sound recording and sound design, what's, what's, what are the things that you see, you know, novice filmmakers make when it comes to that? So I think one thing uh, that's quite important to note is that a lot of filmmakers, obviously when they're making their film, then it's like their child and they're very invested Mm. in it. And obviously then the uh, camera person is very invested in it because of showreel material, blah, 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 blah. If I'm talking just specifically a location sound recordist, there, I have no real showreel. It's not like I have scenes from films then with production mm. audio because no one wants to hear that and no one hears that at the end of the day. So I think that straight off the bat, there is you are, if you're sensible, you are going to recognize that the people that, um, if you can recognize obviously the caliber of someone who knows what they're doing. Um, you'll realize that a person that's doing location sound is not getting the same out of the film as, say, a DOP would, or even someone working in the camera department, for instance, or art department or whatever, because they have an actual physical thing that they can say, look, I did this film, yada, yada, yada. Whereas the... um, And then they have people working above them and, you know, everyone goes on together and it's all the usual things that everyone will hear when they start out, um, yeah, we're doing this. It's going to go really far. It's going to go all to the festivals. It's da, 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 da. Yeah. So I think there's there's instantly this thing of like, why don't why doesn't the location guy want to do it for free? Why doesn't the like? And it's mainly because the if you've rented all the camera equipment but you haven't rented any sound equipment and you want someone to rock up with a couple of thousand pounds of gear, 
then yeah. instantly off the bat, that's not the same as everyone else. Uh, and what they're taking away from the film, they're probably not going to keep your rushes forever and play them to their kids or, you know, it's, it's not, yeah. it's just not that kind of thing. So where, uh, what they what, what a sound recordist who's also starting out in low budget will want experience of just working on set and being in an environment, uh, where, uh, for lack of a better term, mistakes are potentially more likely to happen, mm. i.e. like less experienced actors, then leading to more takes or X, Y, and Z. Um, but just straight off the bat, the the location sound recordist is not getting the same as uh, as everyone else who is working in the the visual department, yeah. for lack of a better term. So um, so yeah, I think that's just important to say off the bat because a lot of people are like, "Aren't you for the cause?" and <sighs> da 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 da. But when you're not getting the same, you, when you're not getting the same as everyone yeah. else, then obviously it's it's very easy. Yeah, because, I mean, you don't go into sound to get recognition. Yeah. I mean, let's face that for a start as well. But the, um, but yeah, but this idea that um, uh, I, sh- I should, because I'm not paying the camera department, I, th- I should then not be able to pay the sound department. I actually think at a low budget level, it's the other way around. It's very easy to find people um, that know how to hold a camera, just like people know how to hold a boom at, at the very, very starting level uh, of like student films. So I would say that, yeah, just uh, supply and demand of good sound people, as well as um, someone that you can trust, because also the collaboration mm. in someone uh, that is doing location sound is very different to say working with a DOP, because you can craft a lot of stuff, whereas a sound person is just there to, to solve problems on the day and just to be trusted so then you can get on with directing actors or directing camera, whether you're a technical director or an, a, a kind of actor's director. Um, so, yeah, I just think that's that's probably one of the most things that I see when people starting off. And when I was starting off as well, because I was traveling and I was like, oh, well, are, are these people bringing thousands of pounds of gear? <laughs> oh, then yeah. they're getting exactly the same as me, but I'm actually bringing more. Yes. And I'm getting less. Absolutely. So I'm bringing more to the production. I'm adding production mm. value, but I, I'm not going to be able to, unless you hire me on another job, um, which is always mm. possible. But um, yeah, so I think that's important to wrap your head around. Of It's easier to get someone to do it um, well the first time than, like you say, then have to try and fix it yeah. in post um, when it's then definitely more expensive if you're having studio time. Um, and things like I think that. that's what so, you said. You've, you've yeah. absolutely nailed it because, I mean, I'm, I, I'll, I'll speak from personal experience on, you know, especially when you're working with the skeleton crew, which is what happens most of the time when you're on a no budget or a, a, as we, because we've got to be really careful how we distinguish sort of no budget films, whether it's a no budget or an ultra micro budget film. What I tend to do as a producer stroke director is treat everyone equally on set obviously and me personally which is you know what you're obviously backing up is actually think about sound first because it's very easy I mean correct me if I'm wrong it's very easy to get someone that's got a DSLR or the latest gear and say you know oh you've got the latest gear off we go let's film this this project but it's not so easy to get a fairly good or or a sound guy that's finished like you said their course 
or sorry, as a sound guy or a sound woman that's finished their course, you know, because that in itself is so important. And me personally, because I make a lot of, you know, no budget to micro budget films, sound is so important. Now I did a test, um, uh, last, not sorry, before the, the, the pandemic. So in 2019, I did a quick test with a friend of mine who's a DOP. And what we did was he, cause he works for Google and YouTube he had so much gear. He even had a load of um, sound equipment. So I did a test where I said, right, my brother is nowhere. My brother's a chef, so he's nowhere near in, in the film industry. But I said, I'm going to do a test and I'm, we're going to quickly give him a crash course on how to use the sound gear so we can do the sound on this two hour shoot. And, you know, it, you know, the actors came on board and it looked all fancy because we had the boom, we had all the gear and whatnot. But the end product was it was rubbish because he's not an experienced um, sound guy. Now, what I'm trying to say here is it's so important not only to have the equipment, but like you're saying, it's also important to have the person, you know, the technician that knows what they're doing. Because I mean, for me, my peace of mind is if I hire you, for example, or I have you collaborating on a film with me, it's so important to, for, for my own peace of mind, say, here, Matt, you know, you do what you have to do and I trust you with what you're doing. Even if it is, you know, recording on just a, a small little field recorder, like a Zoom or whatever, you know, because you still need someone like yourself to know what they're doing. Because when you take it into post-production, I know as a, as a filmmaker that I'm going to get a decent product um, and a, a decent end product from you. Um, and I, I, like you say, everything you just said there is so important, which is why, you know, again, beginner filmmakers need to take sound into consideration and really treat the sound person and everyone else on set equally like you've said and it's so important which is you know um you know i don't want to blow my own trumpet which is what i do but i've learned with experience you know beforehand i i didn't do that whereas now making mistakes i know you know what's important and what's less important which obviously on on set everything is important really um so yeah, let's talk yeah. about your experiences. I know you sort of sort of touched the surface on your experiences on on maybe on these no budget and you know ultra micro budget projects, but talk to us about good and bad experiences because it's good that the listeners get a feel of you know when they do get someone like yourself on set, you know, you know the pitfalls to fall out, you know, not to fall into. So tell us a bit about you know um, your experiences, good and bad, on the first films that you ever worked on. So um, one of the first films I ever got was actually a, uh, it was off Mandy.com and it was six weeks and it was a driving kind of, it was a um, drama, but it was almost shot like a documentary and we were driving from London to Turkey. And so we were taking, we were taking a car pretty much all the way down, but then we were also taking boats and trains and all sorts of stuff in the middle, very tight deadlines because they don't. And this was your first job. Um. It was, it was my first job kind of out of uni. Right, okay. um, I'd, uh, while I was in um, uh, film school at, at Leeds, it was, I basically decided that I was just going to work on films and not do any coursework and stuff. So I'd already had like a pretty good run of um, short films and like assisting on some other stuff. But this was the first one uh, that was, yeah, that was my kind of thing. And there was, there's all sorts of other, uh, drama behind it but um uh yeah so first experiences of that 
yeah, I'm trying to think of like what will make it uh, more useful for your listeners. So I guess the equivalent of uh, a sound recordist is almost um, a focus puller in, in sort of visual terms, because it's only when the take is actually going um, and you get usually very kind of binary results. There's no kind of that sound was OK or that. I mean, sometimes there is, but very rarely just like, oh, I got it out of focus or I got it in focus, but can we work around it? It, that's kind of a thing I always kind of compare in a, a sound recorders to in terms of a a position visually. So, um, well, it's just you know, I, uh, let's talk maybe chatty, um, just <laughs> what are the bad ex- when I say bad experiences, I'm not obviously not going to you know have you had an, an argument with anyone on set, but sort of what are the when you go on set when you've been on set, what are the sort of the things you you you've you've encountered that maybe you want to avoid in the future or if a, if um, if a sound design if a sound recorder sorry goes on set for the first time and it is a low budget project uh, no budget project you know what you know what would be the pitfalls to look out for you know when when you know maybe whether it's talking yeah. to the filmmaker and understanding if they have an understanding of what their um uh project is or you know you know so they can see oh hang on a second i'm not this this might go terribly wrong you know what what would you do you see what i mean what would what would be your you know your things to look out for so so my biggest thing is that you are uh and this is something that i've learned later on but definitely see with um, a lot of people starting out especially sound recorders and it's that thing of the 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 sound is is yours uh but it's actually the sound is the film's so it's very much up to the director or whoever's um, calling the shots as to um, if we have to move on, if there was a plane, but we don't care, or X, Y, and Z. Um, at the start, I kind of feel like a lot of people are treating it almost like it's, I don't know, studio recording, or you have to get every single take absolutely bang on. Um, so I'd say with uh, low, no budget as well, um, coverage is is super useful especially if you're to then help you as well in the edit like having close-ups even if you're going to use the whole thing in a wide um but yeah people starting out and getting really stressed over wide shots when you know that there's coverage later on that they will cut into um it's having it's being able to build up a judgment of when will they use this shot so wide shots classically are the start of a scene and then or the end of a scene um or generally the middle sometimes if it's uh, for other purposes revealing another character uh, x y and z so um having having context as to what the final product might be uh, will then allow you to make better decisions and not al- allow you to basically stress out too much uh over trying to say that everything is everything needs to be perfect all the time and you need another one for sound um because also what will happen is a lot of people will uh, not necessarily be able to diagnose what the problem is, but lots of people will try and be helpful and come up with solutions. So I always find that um, then people will tell you, will start basically, if you're a new sound recordist, will start telling you where you should probably put stuff or where you should do things without necessarily. So if you get a boom in shot, for example, very common when you're starting out, um, especially if it's moving shots and things are going in and out. Da, 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 da. Um, 
what tends to then happen if that does happen, even though ironically, if something goes out of focus, no one shouts focus. Um, although I've seen one or two people do that, but mm. um, anyway, the um, yeah, if the boom is in shot or whatever, uh, you need to you need to own obviously that it happened and that was it, but you need to also understand for yourself like where it came in. Uh, if you if they won't let you get playback, if they will just tell you where to put it, if they'll just say get the boom out the way, um, then then that is something that uh, every kind of new uh, definitely new kind of sound recordist has to kind of deal with. It's basically making sure that your department is there to be respected and not just like a glorified like C stand <laughs> that you can just move out the way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's a big thing. Uh, starting out is just making sure that your department you know you're responsible for your department and so you want to know how you can make it better and you you want to know what the problem is rather than just a load of solutions because then maybe with your experience uh, no matter how small uh, you'll be able to uh, come up with other uh, solutions that um, other people might not right have. okay okay how's that's 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 interesting that so you sort of um, touched on something that I was going to follow up on, but um, when when you're on a smaller project, you know, there's say for example, and it's quite common with no budget films, especially on the short ones. When you um, say for example, I'll always put you in a, in a scenario. <laughs> um, say for example, yeah, yeah, it's, it's you know excluding the actors, but the crew say it's the DOP, the camera, uh, sorry, the DOP, the director, which is in these cases are usually the same person and the sound guy and maybe one or two people sort of helping out. Do you feel that that relationship on a small set is, do you guys, do you think that the, 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 the relationship between the director and the sound guy is, is quite, um, you know, close because it's such a small set or do you still think that there's a bit of a distance? You were talking, you were talking about, you were talking about respect, you know, before, and I just thought, you know, it'd be a good yeah. sort of meeting point. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think um, if you, I mean, so one of the reasons, uh, like, I, I think <laughs> I keep getting uh, rehired um, and haven't applied for a job, for instance, in like six years, and it's all just through referrals, um, is, is just because I'm the kind of person that just turns up and I have a box of tricks and then it's kind of like, oh, this happens. Oh, this is over here. And because it, you've, I've been doing it a while, um, it's one of those things where you instantly just have all these things that you can just pull from your experience of, oh, well, this means this, or I can pick up this here, or they're wearing this, so I can do that. Um, and this is the kind of, uh, just the experience is, is the name of the game. It, it doesn't really matter if you have uh, an eight million pound recorder. Uh, again, like you say, if you just give it to <laughs> your your cousin or your I don't know little sister or whatever I mean it's it's really hard and yet it's it's really simple because if I take you into a studio and I say I'm going to talk can you get my voice to this level it's very right. very easy so similar to again if I equate it to focus if someone is staying very still and you get chance to set focus well then that's it or it's a wide right. shot and it's a super big um aspect ratio um no depth of field the <laughs> um then uh see i know all about cameras <laughs> no um then uh then yeah so it, it can be it can be as simple or as hard as as whatever the day is so you just you just need a lot of experience and so having 
how you get a good relationship with a camera person or with a director is just that they completely trust in your judgment. They completely trust that you can just move on to the next thing or they can just roll on something and you can get it. Um, having a lot of experience in different genres helps mm. a lot. So um, I find particularly in kind of a documentary setting, then obviously um, where it is like a director, camera, and then me. Um, we I did, for instance, the Chelsea Flower Show, and I was filming a whole garden being made literally from the dirt. So they have a whole month to like make the garden. Um, so we were, yeah, so every day Chelsea Flower Show, like 12 hours a day pretty much. And so, of course, after a while, like, you have your banter and you get along or whatever, but it's also mainly because you they completely trust in what you're doing and there's not loads and loads of problems. Right. I... Again, to compare it to focus pulling, if you've ever been on a set where a, a focus, uh, like a wireless focus has like failed or whatever, then um, then yeah, people get really, really annoyed at the focus not working because it's so integral to like making the rest of the yeah, thing work. Yeah, absolutely. So... Again, I mean, I always go back to this point. So communication is, you know, paramount, even between, yeah. um, you know, yourself, uh, the sound recordist and and whoever's behind the camera, um, because it, it just makes or breaks, you know, uh, a project at the end of the day. You know, there's one thing you can say, you know, you do your thing, I trust you, but, I, you know, there this, this still should be, communication between the two you know especially for those starting out it's it's nice to have that you know a brief at the beginning of the shoot um you know and have a you know brief conversation oh, yeah, and say look the, you know you know for example the director you know what do you need how do we need to set up you know a lot of people seem to think that the directors like should know everything and it's not always the case i'm specifically talking about you know smaller projects um you know, and it's good to have that communication, that relationship with everyone. You know, you always go, you you, you sort of refer to the focus pillar, which, you know, is important. But I, equally, what a sound recordist does is equally as important because, you, again, you can have, and we've everyone's heard this, you can have this beautiful film. And then if the sound is rubbish, no one's going to watch it and they are really going to destroy it. So it's really important to have that communication between every single person, even if it is just, you know, a director, you know, doing the DO, being the, being the DOP and the sound recordist and the actors, which is again, which is what we did um, two years ago. Uh, or, I'm sorry, on my latest sort of skill, I'd call it a sketch, but it was more a challenge to see what can we get done in half a day with just, a few act, a couple of actors, sound recordist. Well, let's call it a sound recordist. <laughs> let's call it a person with a load of sound gear um, and a DOP. And you know, you you can you know the visuals. You can get the visuals, but again, that that test went to show that the, the because the sound was so poor, you know, people were pointing out, yeah, it was a good little sketch, but the sound was a bit. You know, I didn't really understand or that sound and that I couldn't hear that actor. And because again, you, you know, these things are so important. So, just to, um, sorry, just to reiterate what you what you've said. You know, going back to the importance of it. You know, it's. Do you do you think on a small project equipment is important? I mean, you know, I sort of touched on you know, you could rock up with say like a little field, you know, a hundred pound or a hundred dollar field recorder for a, a small, do you think you could still get a decent enough quality on a, on a smaller project with something like that? Having obviously someone like yourself 
behind it, you know, uh, operating it. Do you, do you think that that's still doable? I, th- I think realistically you need, uh, you need probably about, uh, if you were to buy it, like £3,000 worth of stuff, right. I reckon. And that would get you kind of two radio mics um, upgraded with like decent level ears. It would give you a shotgun. It would give you a recorder mixer. Um, so it's really not a lot of money mm. these days to like race to a good like 80, 90%. Right. So I'd say the equipment is a- right. important because the problem is, is that your, how you use your equipment is going to be dictated by another department. Yes, you can have a field recorder. And again, if I can put it right here, okay, great, but it's in shot. So now it has to be further right. away. And actually this is, it's more noisier than um having a shotgun right. mic so then you know all, all so all the decisions are, are not being made um kind of by you so unless it's unless it's a podcast it, it is better to have the super basics of uh, a shotgun and a couple of wireless even if you're not necessarily wiring i don't know let's say there's a massive scene or something even if you still only have two and you're just using them for picking out the key characters that have the most mm. dialogue or using it for the people that have the least dialogue that you don't want to go over and, and boom. Yeah. Um, so I, I would say it's important, but I'd say it's never been more uh, kind of reasonably priced right. uh, kind of bang for your buck uh, in terms of in terms of what you can yeah. get so for your money. So in essence, I mean, obviously you're talking about you know, buying equipment, but say, for example, as a producer, as a director, I say, right, I've got, say, a budget. In this scenario, it's probably more affordable for me to hire someone like yourself oh, yeah. for, say, yeah. say I've got a two, three-day shoot, then that's that's more affordable for me to actually hire you, come on set with all the gear, you're the technician the operator and i can sleep better at night knowing that it's cost me less i don't have to go out and do a load of research on the gear that i need um and the, and the mics yeah. and whatnot i can just say right okay what's your budget you know how much do you charge and i think the going rate that i think the last project that i worked on i think that, i can't remember what the going rate was but it was actually more affordable for me to have a sound technician, a sound recordist on set for three days and to actually do the post-production as well. So all the sound design, it actually cost me less than that £3,000 that you actually are talking about. Oh, yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah. let's just yeah. say that it's, you know, let's say that it's more affordable, even when if we are on a tight budget, to consider having a budget for the sound recorders because at least you know that the sound is going to be dealt with in a professional manner i mean i know a lot of people and you've got to consider no No, go on sorry no i was just going to say as well like the main thing to consider as well especially if you're hiring uh, people that are still fairly green if they have their own equipment it means they're using Mm. it a lot It, it doesn't mean like you're if you if you rent a load of stuff um because it's a good deal or like someone's recommended it or da 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 uh, but the person who is still fairly new or like let's say at your level um hasn't used it then it's it just it adds a lot more complexity whereas a person that's starting out um who has their own equipment has then basically 
been using that equipment and so trusts that it works, knows how to turn it on, has all the extra cables, has all the bits. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how many times it's happened to you that they've opened up a camera and it's not got this cable <laughs> to do this or that to do yeah. that. Or, you know, so what ends up happening um, when you're a sound recordist is that you end up with all the little cables, all the little plugins, all the little stuff. So now I just rock up to jobs and if I need to plug into something or like take a feed from someone, I'm just like, what connection do you have? I have a million. What time code do you need? What camera is it? Da, 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 da. It's like second nature um, for you. <laughs> so there's, yeah, that's it. It's just, there's just so many, you just, they ask and, and you just have it because you've, you've kind of built up that, that level of stuff. And also with sound recording gear, it lasts again, like a long yeah. time. That 3000 pound setup realistically will go a long, long way because at the end of the day, uh, a shotgun is always like microphones are just like lenses pretty much. Like you don't just buy a new lens every, well, sometimes people do, but um, generally you have, if you get a set of like really decent lenses, well then, you know, you're, you're set for a very absolutely, long time. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, it's, it's definitely, it's worth it on so many levels. But again, even that 3,000 pounds, generally a rental house uh, is what, like, uh, I don't know, 10% uh, of the, is it 10% of the value or something generally? Um, so, I mean, even it would be like 300 pounds a day or I don't know, then they do deals per week or whatever. So, you mm. know, you can you can make things work if you needed to add on to your equipment. So, um but yeah, I'd say that's definitely a very important thing of a person having their own yeah. kit because you know it works, you know what it can do. Did you know what? It's, it's crazy because I don't think, like again, when I started out, I was one of those people. Like, I'm going to buy a camera. I'll buy all the, you know, I'll buy all the recording gear. I'm going to do everything myself. But now, maybe because I'm a lot more, I've got a bit more experience and I'm a lot more maturer. But I just, I just feel that you know say for example you do buy all this gear and you go right i've just received i've got no experience right open all this gear up and I'm like, right well now what do i do then you end up spending god knows how long trying to learn how to do it and then it is going to be you know experience and it just totally makes sense and obviously this goes out to all our noise list you know filmmakers out there beginner filmmakers that are listening listening in uh, regarding sound if you are thinking of doing you know of a film on on a on a fairly low budget consider getting someone like yourself matt on the set at least you've got that peace of mind that okay it will come to a, a certain price but at least you know not sorry i know uh, excuse the, uh, the punt but uh, but at least you know that you know, you've, you're going to have good sound, audio, you know, Foley, whatever it is that you um, get your sound recorders to come on board. At least you know you've got it going on at a decent price, you know. And and let's just say, let's not skimp out on it. You know, let's not say just because it's a no-budget project, you know, I'm not going to pay the sound guy or I haven't got the money for it. You know, find the money or find the budget for a sound person because, again, it you i mean me i don't know hardly anything about camera you know i know i work with you know camera people but it's easier to point and shoot than to point and record you know in a nutshell that's what it go gets down to isn't it matt yeah and i, I would say as well that it's um what is it as well it's uh 
yeah, it's just you don't you you want to be able you basically you're always you're you're always paying for it. Let's put it that way. It's like whether you're actually paying for it, you're you're always paying yeah. for it. You're either paying for it by you're stressing out about it, you're having to think about it, it's taking time away from you doing other things. And this applies to like every every department because it's the reason everyone has a role that they do on IMDb credits is because each role uh, is is specialized and each role requires a lot of a lot of thought and a lot of experience to get to a really efficient level and so low budget ideally unless you have infinite amounts of time you kind of want to be very efficient with your time to maximize the amount of value that you're extracting out of that time so whether yeah. you're thinking okay well i've saved uh 300 quid um basically getting this like instead of getting this novice sound recordist on i'm just going to kind of go through it but then you end up spending uh, an extra two weeks with the sound designer even though you're not paying if even if you're not paying the sound designer i mean you've just you're spending another two weeks of your life on a on a project that could be done sooner um and so i always think like i mean it's it's a crazy job like being a director and producer and it's definitely not something i could do because there's just infinite mm. amounts of like ways to go and things like that but if you're if you're truly going to back yourself in terms of like you believe in your vision and you have this thing and you want to get it done then i would say that you basically want to try and outsource as much as possible that isn't kind of uh that you can so you can focus on on maximizing the Absolutely. amount of value that you the director can actually bring to like yeah. time with actors to making sure people feel comfortable i mean yeah. having having people being mic'd up by unexperienced people or da 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 da, da. Mm. um so i'd say you're you're always paying for it anyway yeah that's probably my takeaway so whether you pay for it in money you're going to pay for it in time you're going to pay for it in mistakes yeah. you're going to pay for it in da 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 da, da. so I, you just have to weigh it up. And I, for some people, they're fine with it and others not. I totally agree. Absolutely. I mean, what I mean, there's a, obviously there's a lot of YouTubers out there and this is not criticizing them by all means, but there's a lot of people out there that say, hey, you can, you know, film your, you know, how to film your short film or whatever it is on I go back to, you know, the, the small field recorders because there seems to be, and it obviously it's very engaging with an audience um, when it, when they say, you know, you can record on, on this gadget or field recorder that, you know, um, only costs a hundred dollars or a hundred pounds. Now it's very engaging for a beginner filmmaker to go, Oh, I'm going to go out and buy one of those. And, you know, and then my, my problem solved, but it's not really, is it? Because as as much as it it is appealing to go out and spend only under a hundred pounds or a hundred dollars on a small field recorder like that, and like you've just stated, it's the time and the effort and the extra money that might go into the rest of it, you know, because you might a lot of people might go, I'm just gonna stick it there in front of an actor and I'm just gonna record. But then on these little recorders, you, you can't see the, you know, you can't see the levels, you can't really monitor the audio. And then you're probably just going to record everything. And this, I reckon this is what I've heard. No, sorry, not reckon, but what I've heard is a lot of people just record all this stuff and then they go into post-production. They're like, oh my God, where do I start? You know, and it just becomes, it goes from being, yeah, cool, a nice little, you know, sound recorders for a hundred quid 
to, oh my God, I'm having a post-production, you know, nightmare. And that's exactly what you don't want because then what happens is, is then that you forget about your project or another little problems that might occur. So again, you know, just, just to finish up, I mean, I just want you to sort of in a nutshell, this is, this is where it gets really challenging for you in a nutshell, based on everything we've spoken about, what is your takeaway from all this and what should people really, really, really think about when it comes to sound and audio? Yeah, so uh, before I answer that, uh, so what's your kind of main audience for this? Is, is this this is for those, uh, the main audience, sound? those is that will be listening in, and in everyone that's listening are going to be no budget filmmakers. So I know you've touched on, you know. Got you, so mainly on the yeah, side, yeah. No, well, no, no, just everyone in general. Like, and, and maybe, for example, if producers, you know, you know, beginner producers or beginner filmmakers want to know more about someone like yourself you know this is you know they're, they're going to be listening in saying okay so let's see what a sound guy's got to say for beginner filmmakers like myself um you know and they might be scared at the fact that we have been talking about you know gear that costs quite a bit of money so to speak but at the same time you know i think it's important that they listen you know when they listen in on this that they have an understanding of what a sound guy does even if it, even if you know they do approach a project on a next to nothing budget. Cool. So I would say for the for the directors, it's just in in their interest to find someone that they can. So, firstly, the game of filmmaking is a long yep. one. Hopefully, uh, if you if you stick with it, and so having a kind of longer mindset rather than a short term even though project to project is more short term, having a longer vision for how you're going to climb whatever ladder you choose to climb uh, within the industry, because there's many ways you can go. Um, I would say investing in just those super core basic things of uh, the kind of camera and the visual side and then the sound side of things is just going to serve you no end. Not only even if you find someone who you can just get along with and work well and solve problems with, uh, you can keep them by your side for the rest of your career and you will all grow together and everything will be amazing. I mean, look at all the people that like win Oscars now, things like that. All these people went to school together, worked on everyone's exactly. films together, and now they just happen to have done it for 50 years. And so now they're ridiculously experienced. Um, I would say uh, valuing experience over... Um, over even uh, equipment is probably the, the the most advantageous thing in terms of hiring a sound recordist, um, because again, someone can uh, just decide to be one. Uh, again, drop uh, like ten thousand pounds and then uh, just pretend they're all that. But uh, experience is going to be the thing that is going to give you the most trust in in a person that you work with, and is also going to solve uh, pretty much most of your problems, hopefully yeah. as well. Uh, that you may encounter. Um, and in, in terms of, I guess, uh, sound people starting out, um, you're there to help the film. And so with that kind of mindset, rather than you're there to just record the best sound and everyone else can go to hell, um, then uh, you'll you'll find that you're more collaborative to work with. Everyone will understand where you're coming from, but respect uh, what you've got to say with them if you don't think something is good enough as long as you've flagged it and you've said it in a way that's 
kind of at least constructive to what else is going on, um, then people will, um, yeah, find that you're uh, adding to the energy of making a film rather than taking away energy um, and taking away from the project. So I don't think that was really in a nutshell. No, it wasn't, but, but it was and it was nice you, and, and com- you always pay for it. It was nice and so, compact, though. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so just to conclude, Matt, um, if you're allowed to say, what project are you currently working on? If you are working on any project, and f- and last but not least, where can people find you on the socials? So obviously, I'll be leaving links to your social medias in the descriptions. Um, but if you could just, if you're allowed to say what you're working on and, um, yeah, a, a yeah. link to, uh, just, uh, tell people where they can find you. Yeah, cool. Uh, so I'm working on loads of stuff at the moment. I, I split my time between a kind of a low budget feature and then content commercial, things like that. So, uh, I think I'm doing a thing for TikTok tomorrow okay. on Saturday. I'm doing some like movie posters on Tuesday. I'm doing, um, it's a theater play, but I'm kind of recording uh, the feed from the uh, the desk and then syncing up a load of cameras so they can uh, cut that all together. Right. Um, so, yeah, I work on all sorts of things. Yesterday was interviews for role play of like negotiations. So, um, yeah, I get to learn a lot just listening. Brilliant. Absolutely. Um, and and then yeah in terms of finding me uh soundrolling.com is probably the best bet i also have uh an, a free app which is kind of like a sound resource um app mm-hmm. as well uh, you can find that soundrolling.com forward slash app has loads of info on like wireless frequencies around the Brilliant. world and all sorts of uh good stuff like that fantastic so um so yeah are you on any social medias or is it just best to come and find yeah, you? Yeah, I'm on YouTube, Instagram, everything. Probably just type in sound rolling and into it will all... everything. And I think I come up in, yeah, in most cool. places. And, I, and like so, I said, I, um, yeah, and then, I will be leaving links below to on the podcast so where people can find you. So it's very interesting about the app. Maybe, you know, people might find that quite um, useful. So we'll definitely be plugging that in. Yeah. Matt, it's been an absolute yeah, awesome. pleasure yeah, yeah. talking to you. Thank you ever so much for yeah. jumping on and discussing the world of audio and sound. And uh, yeah, hopefully, you know, our listeners will find this, uh, hopefully they'll find it informative. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Feel free to follow up and, you know, get in touch and all of that. And thank you very much for having me. No problem at all. Like, uh, it's always useful when you're, it's that thing of, even though you do a lot of stuff, if you can talk about it or if you can kind of teach it or communicate Absolutely. it, uh, then it kind of all sinks in a lot better. So mindset is Absolutely. key. Absolutely. Thanks again. I hope you enjoyed and managed to soldier through this episode with Matt and his experience and, you know, his bit of advice that he has going into no to micro budget films you can find all the details in the show notes and on our website at the layman filmmakers conversation www.laymanfilmmakersconversation.com if you did enjoy this episode and what we are doing here on the layman filmmakers conversation please don't forget to leave a five-star review and check out our other episodes thanks again I'm your host, Daniel Pellegrino. Till next time. You've been listening to the Layman Filmmakers Conversation. 
Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and YouTube. Till next time, keep filming.